everybody. Welcome to my girlfriend begrudgingly reads Dune. We read chapters 23 and 24 this time. And those are the beginning two chapters of the second book of the Book of Dune. Uh, we're into Muad'Dib territory. Wait, how many books are there in the Book of Dune? Three? There's three books in the Book of Dune. Okay. I think. Right, let me check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's three books in the Book of Dune. Come on. Don't worry about it. And then, then the appendices, which are delightful. Mm-hmm. They're not just, you know, they're not like reference materials. They're stories in themselves. Ugh. I already have enough of this book to read. <laughs> Who, which one of your friends that we saw, uh, or which one of our friends we said that, oh, she just tossed off that she read Dune like last week? Yeah, she was like, yeah, my friend Brittany was like, oh, yeah, I just read Dune in like a week. No, I don't know how long she said it took her, but. And that was like witchcraft to you. Yeah, I was like, what? How How could you? How dare you? You Bene Gesserit <laughs> witch. Mm-hmm. Exact Mundo. Yeah, we've been contemplating Im- inviting some callers into the show. Mm-hmm. Adding a third to our <laughs> yeah, to our Dune because making. apparently, like what I'm basically learning is I'm very alone amongst my friends <laughs> in thinking <laughs> that reading Dune is torture. Oh, and it's delicious to me because I'm I'm on the inside looking out at you. And mm-hmm. all your friends, all all our friends are in here with me in the little dune bubble. Yep. Yeah. That, so they can be your friends now. You can have them. It's fine. Okay. You guys can just go have a little dune club. That was the Rubicon. Yeah. I'll just get some new friends. Okay. It's okay. That's fine. Some, some dune haters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Good. I'm just kidding. I love all my friends. You love all your friends and you're feeling the exact same way you've always felt about dune. Yep. Exactly. Which is apprehensive. <laughs> <laughs> lukewarm at best you're like the you're like the cat sniffing the new thing uh-huh. and you've just the the dune just never becomes you never get used to it you're just always sniffing at it like yeah i just keep going back to sniff it i do, <laughs> i never rub myself on it no sniffing only yeah uh so what happened in this first uh chapter could you can you start us off our recap 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 uh Okay, so, like, Paul and Jessica are in the tent mm-hmm. and, like, start investigating whether they can get out or not because mm-hmm. the tent is covered in sand. Can I say that um, it was clear that it was clear to Paul that Jessica was waiting for him to actually be awake and then yeah. he was aware of it? More fake sleeping. More fake sleeping. She wasn't fake sleeping. No, no, but I think she was like trying to figure out if Paul was really awake or if he was fake sleeping or not. And I just, it, I once thought, again. It sounded more to me like she was just waiting for Paul to wake up. Like the same way I like wait for you to wake up when mm-hmm. you're like five more minutes a hundred times. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you're like, you're like secretly, I like that you're not waking up because I get to play my game. I get, well, I do all That's kinds of stuff. That's your design home time. That, yeah, I do that. And then I like read the news. Mm-hmm. I like look up a bunch of stuff I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Check my bank account. I'm mm-hmm. very productive while you are s- theoretically getting five more minutes <laughs> of sleep every morning. I'm not productive. But you, I never... I I was very clear that I'm not a productive person uh, from the get go. I think I know. Okay, just making sure. Uh, but I got, I get you to 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 stir 
a little bit. Yeah. I yeah, I I Spring I stir my... your iguanas up a little bit. Yeah, you do. You get my you throw firecrackers at my iguanas. Yeah. Should we tell the listeners what that e- means? Yeah. So I think you once asked me what it was like in my head, what my brain was like. Yeah, I can't remember how this came to be. And yeah. I the metaphor I came up with pretty quickly was that my brain is like it's a sunny day shining down on a rock and there's all these lazy iguanas sunning themselves on this rock and they're they're you know sort of half opening their eyes and half closing them again and just sort of napping and then every once in a while something throws firecrackers at the iguanas and they they all wake up and sc- ah! they scatter around <laughs> and and then as soon as they're sure that the firecrackers are not coming anymore. Then they settle back down and to sleep again. And sometimes I can tell. Sometimes you'll be like, my iguanas are starting to talk to each other about mm-hmm. X. And like I can like watch you and I can tell that like an idea is just ever so yeah. slowly beginning to form in your head. The They're iguanas just, whisper like, to each other. Wander, mm-hmm. They glump slowly over to, to each other. And they kind of whisper into each other's yeah. ears. Yeah. Um, and then I think you asked me what your brain was like. And... I'm not sure it feels as accurate as it used to, what oh. you said. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Well, what I said at the time was that there's um, like a tree in a field and um, at the base of the tree, there's all of these kittens just playing around and romping and playing in the shade of the tree. But in, uh, in the tree, there are hawks who are constantly scanning the horizon for white supremacy. And whenever the hawks uh, see white supremacy, they will strike. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's Caitlin's brain. Yeah, but, but the, that's not somehow the hawks don't eat the kittens. No, the hawks the hawks are kind of there to protect the kittens, oh, like the catcher and the rat. I see, I yeah. see. Okay. Um, the hawks are not interested in the kittens, or they're... They're, they they work together. They're both part of the same brain. I just think more lately, I feel like maybe my brain is like some less aggressive animal that like notices white supremacy mm-hmm. and then is like, hmm, what are we going to do about that? Hmm. <laughs> the less, so the. It's not, they're not hawks anymore. They've transformed. They've become more, not complacent, but more... Thoughtful. Less... More thoughtful. Uh, okay. More contemplative, less uh, aggressive, attacky, like... Oh, interesting. And th- is this a result of, like, your training, uh, the training and stuff you've done? Yeah, towards... I think it's, like, my own growth and, like, mm-hmm. realizing that, like, I'm gonna fuck up a lot of shit and you know um have a lot of like white supremacy ways of thinking and Mm -hmm. so while it still like frustrates me when i notice it coming from other people Mm -hmm. i think i just like put myself in in the boat more Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you're it's the ocean we swim in it's like it's the our society yeah, it's partly that, and it's partly... You're caught up in it, 
It's yeah. partly like I know that I'm gonna screw up, and the fact that I'm like a really good student of white supremacy is gonna show through, and so then I don't want to be attacking other people for it. Oh, okay, because they're doing it unwittingly, and so you're because we're all screwing up all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're trying, and we to... all have to do better, but we can't just like I don't know. We just can't like attack each other for screwing up. Mm-hmm. At least not white people and white people. You okay. know, like I think people of color can attack us all they want that's Mm -hmm. fine i'm fine with that but like i think you know most of the white people i know are on some point in the journey of Mm anti-racism and i you know in your circle yeah and and hopefully hopefully that would extend to everyone eventually but i'm there are people that are definitely not anti-racist at this point white people there are people who are actively and proudly racist for sure Mm -hmm. but um Yeah, I mean, just that, like, I don't know. I think now I'm sort of like, oh, I recognize the point you're at in your journey, and I was there too one time. So what is the animal now? Is it still a flight? Is it still a bird? Or is it maybe some sort of other flight of animal, like a sugar glider? Yeah, you do seem to, like, feel like my spirit animal is, like, some kind of flighted animal. Or maybe other people have said that. Well, maybe because it's uh, you know you you take a you take a higher perspective. And sorry, I should acknowledge. I know that actually it's appropriate to talk about spirit animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. a Native American thing, right? Yeah. Well, so uh, what do they? What do you call? What's it's? Is it still a spirit animal, or is it? Do you? Do you're gonna change the word? I mean, if we could. Make... Well, we're not talking about spirit animals. We're talking about the composition of your brain. Right. It's more so, like my animal analogy. Yeah, the analogy and the yeah. composition of your brain is no longer a hawk. Mm-hmm. It's maybe, I think sugar glider would be cool. Or uh, if it's something that's still a bit tough, because a sugar glider is not tough. Well, I think it's it could be maybe, maybe a duck what, or how a flighted like, chicken. What about animals that like help each other out? Oh, like a bee, like, like bees. Well, that's really spe- a specific kind uh, of helping each other, like elephants, oh, like like naked mole rats. Maybe, yeah, animals that like work more collaboratively. Okay, dot org. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Animals that... Ants? Cur- well, that's another superorganism. But they're not flighted. Yeah. Oh, wait. Except some of them are. The, the mating ones are. Yeah. You're like a mated... Uh, you've got a tree full of, of uh, mating ants. <laughs> Maybe. Who are... I don't know. I just feel like it feels very heady to say, like, oh, I'm a bee because, dude, bees got some crazy magical shit going on. Well, bees are TCBs all the time. What does that mean? Taking care of business. Taking care of bee business. They're TCBB bees. They just seem like such magical creatures to me. I feel like I could never compare myself to a bee. They do the waggle dance. Exactly. Uh, Do you do the waggle dance? I waggle and i dance and mm-hmm. sometimes i waggle while i dance do you waggle and i f- don't do it as a form of communication do you move in a figure eight pattern and then waggle uh in the areas that are uh the place where they can feel find like flowers you're getting in relation really to the sun? specific with the analogy oh, okay maybe you're really like, like on the nose okay i think it's just a di- less aggressive type of bird like an is it is a yeah you really want it to be a bird well, because they live in trees. Are we gonna? Other, uh, otherwise, we're gonna lose the whole tree. Because <laughs> you just want the kittens to be. Yeah, the, the kittens are still down there. Wait, why is the tree important? Because that's where the hawks lived. 
And the tree. But and the, the, so the tree, like the kids need part of my, shade. They're uh, not going to just lay out in the sun all day. I mean, they're going to go out in the sun yeah. whenever it's pleasant for them to do so. But they're uh-huh. going to need shade in the hotter parts of the day. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep workshopping. All right. We, yeah, we don't have to figure this out right no, now. No, we don't. But I'm interested. It's interesting that your brain has evolved. I still got iguanas up top. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> and the firecrackers although what i realize now is that the firecrackers are not antagonistic to the mm. iguanas just in the same way that the kittens are the are part of your brain mm-hmm. and the hawks mm-hmm. form the former hawks were part of your brain mm-hmm. the iguanas are part of my brain but the firecrackers are also part of my brain right and then, totally. the, and then the lazy whispering of the iguanas is yeah part of it too yeah and it's all necessary listeners what is the metaphor that is your is your mind yeah, That's what I want and to know. I suppose it doesn't have to be animals, but I do like it being. Well, animals. it doesn't. I mean, it, yeah, it could be effort. You know, like uh, Saruman's mind was full of wheels turning. You know, that's boring. <laughs> That's like just such an overused metaphor. Do you know who Saruman is? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Well, okay. Why is it? You, what you were just like? That's boring immediately. Well, who's Saruman? He's a guy from Lord of the Rings. And now you say... That's boring. Uh-huh. Well, no, it's not that I said it was boring because it's Lord of the Rings. It's like people talk about the wheels turning in your brain all the time. That's mm. not interesting. That's cliche. Well, in his case, it was he used to love natural things. And then he just decided that he was going to industrialize this whole fucking shit. And then that's when he turned to the Dark Lord and he became evil. Anyway, so Sherlock Holmes's brain was like a palace, right? He had like a mind palace. Was he the one who came up or he like where's No, the... that's an ancient Greek thing. Oh, okay. Like the Greeks, they Obviously, used to Obviously Sherlock Holmes didn't come up with anything cuz he's a fictional character. But... Yeah, but and neither did um the dudes that make that show. Uh they didn't they that's why they could only come up with uh two good seasons and then mm-hmm. lost the thread. Which is why they could only come up with one and a half good episodes of Dracula. Okay. Before they shit the bed. We're getting Sorry. on a we're getting gonna... on a hate chain here. No, I know. Get, I just... Start at your start. You took Sorry, a big gulp of the haterade. Those those guys. I don't know. It's I liked Sherlock, and uh, there's there's they have they just have bad impulses. I think they have mm-hmm. like they go forward in a certain way and then they lose and they lose it it does suck i mean some yeah some creators of television are just like that you know Mm -hmm. they just like can't keep it up look there's not yeah i mean there's almost no perfect television that just goes on and on and on you know simpsons seasons four through eight great but then now mm-hmm. we're in season 30, and we all know how that's turned out. Mm-hmm. Right. Drama before they got canceled the first time. Yeah. Perfect, almost all the way through. Oh, my God. And ugh, I, we didn't need a fifth season of Arrested Development. No. I just yeah. won't stick up for it. I stuck up for four. I stuck up for it so hard. Mm-hmm. I cannot you stick up for You do stick five. up for it hard. And I don't, I, I'm, one, I'm a one through three boy on that. But yes, one through three, perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Uh, Thirty Rock, mm-hmm. uh, until about the last season, basically. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. What the heck are we even here to talk about? Dune. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, this one's we we almost nailed it, and then we dilated even harder than we've ever dilated before. <laughs> so, um, yeah. First, what's going on? Oh, what? Uh, 
Yeah, Paul and Jessica, they're in the tent. They do say sand snorkel totally spelled out, so I liked that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't... Uh, I don't really know. I don't know. Like, Paul just is... Like, Jessica's like, Paul's clearly mad at me. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, he's, like, what I would say happened in that chapter. They, they're starting... Well, she's thinking that he blames her for being Harkonnens. They're like, they're yeah. just sitting there, like, stewing in the in their own Harkonnenness, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, but I don't think Paul's thinking that. Mm-hmm. I think that that, right? I think he's got something else going yeah, on. Yeah, he's he's way, you know, he's off in his, like, future studies. Yeah. Uh, he's thinking about, like, what's the next move? And what is the next move for them? I mean, first it's to get out of the freaking tent, which right. they've been covered. in a, the sandstorm came in the night. They're covered in their, their tent. They're still tent. is completely covered in sand. And mm-hmm. they have to they have to dig their way out with these special Fremen tools, which Jessica is still, like, what does it say? These like tools are amazing. She's talking about this like special like thing that staticifies all of the sand around them so it doesn't like fall in mm. and you know like all of these amazing Fremen tools mm-hmm. for dealing with the desert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way to adapt to their environment. They're yeah, like right? Wakandans. You don't know what that means. Wait, no, you did see that movie. I definitely know what that I'm sorry. Means. I'm very like, uh, I, you know, I've got your hackles up. I've got my hack. Well, I've got my hackles up sometimes about stuff that I, where I'm like, why? Why are you talking about like Marvel stuff? You don't know Marvel stuff, but you do know Marvel. You do know some Marvel stuff. You definitely won't saw Black Panther. I, I saw Black Panther. That's I'm, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what adapted to their environment? I mean, they had vibranium, and then like that's and. <laughs> Well, I felt like one of the things... Wakanda has problems, I mean. Sure, but I felt like one of the things about Black Panther that made it so revolutionary to folks was this idea of, like... I feel like we've already talked about this on the podcast before. Probably. But, like, just this idea of, like, a diffusion of innovation, like, mm-hmm. happening in, like, a developing country... Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It, like, turns the notion of development on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of I think of Wakanda. Can I? I'm sorry. Were you? Yeah. Can I? No. I mean, I think it's maybe it's not a great comparison. I'm thinking about other like appropriate technology things, Mm. but go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that it's I I think of Wakanda in a very like guns, germs, and steel, Jared Diamond kind of way, where it's like, well, they had this amazing resource, the vibranium. Mm -hmm. So that's and that was like, and and so it was like, any place that would have had the vibranium would have. Would have used it and innovated with it, you know, because like people as a baseline. How is that not adapting to your environment? Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm just thinking about it like it's baseline. It's like how, you know, there used to be a lot of um, hydroelectric energy around here because of Mm -hmm. all the rivers and stuff. Like you use the energy that's available to you in your environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Anyways, (laughs) they're in the keep keep with your recap. I don't really know what happened in that chapter, TBH. I mean, like, it was a Pollock chapter, yeah. but I just felt like it, it was, I don't know. Well, here's some of my thoughts. I didn't really about know. About the chapter. I mean, it, this is another, this is, we're, we're carrying on with this, the the relationship they have change, has changed very abruptly, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. even Jessica acknowledges, she's like, now I'm all of a sudden a follower of my own son. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, says, he says, Let's go do this, and we got to go find, we got to go find some people. Um, he says, 
Uh, Duncan Idaho told me that he could last under torture until about now. Like, mm. that's basically a mm-hmm. quote. And, mm-hmm. and he says, and what that means is that Duncan Idaho, if he's not back, then he's he's been captured. Mm-hmm. And we got to get the fuck out of here because he told me it would take about this long for him to break under torture until them where he saw where he saw oh, us. Oh, I see. And so we gotta go. Huh. And I'm still so confused about when that conversation if Duncan I- yeah, if Duncan Idaho found them in an ornithopter, like please somebody like tell me explain this to me. Tweet at us, write us an email. Write me an email, something because I don't get it. You know, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet to my remaining followers after And I clearly am only ever paying like 20% attention. But like, so. why didn't, if, if, if Duncan Idaho came and saw them with an, in an ornithopter, why did he not just pick them up and take them somewhere? Right? That's my whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. Um, it's like Charlie on the MTA. Yeah. Like, why does his wife just hand him a sandwich when she could hand him a nickel, nickel, him a nickel. and then he could get off the MTA? Mm-hmm. Right. right. This is some, that's a deep Boston cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have ever been to Boston and wondered why the uh, train ticket is called a Charlie card, mm-hmm. it's because of a protest song called Charlie on the MTA. Mm-hmm. Look it up. It's fun. Because you had to pay to get off of the trains or something. Well, it was just like about fare hikes, basically. Yeah. But anyway. Boston's a weird place. Weird and wonderful, I will say. <laughs> um, there's it's got a lot of problems. I, I shit on boston people but every time i'm driving into boston i i get excited because i'm like oh i'm going to boston yeah it's it's old it's It's old it's fun there's it's it's kind of crazy it's it's unique yeah like you just you can't find your way around yeah it's 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 uh, parking is insane amazing cannolis great italian food yeah there's a lot there's a there's a lot of great things about boston and i like that city Yep. And there's a lot of shitty things about Boston, and I think that comes with it being a unique American city. Well, way to talk about, like, any city in the world. Mm-hmm. What city's all good, all perfect, everything about it is great? No, no, no. I'm I'm thinking about what city is... I, I think there's plenty of cities out here in America, possibly some that I've even been born from. That are not super unique and not super like interesting. Oh, places. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's that chapter. That's that chapter. Yeah, I'm I good mean, with that. Yeah. I okay. I'm very interested to hear what you think of the next chapter, which was a Thufer chapter. Yeah, that one was very interesting from like a diplomacy perspective. Yeah. Um, because set the table for us, if you would. So. Basically, Thufir is in the desert mm-hmm. with a bunch of troops, many of whom are wounded. Yes. And I'm not, I, I wasn't totally clear on what this is the aftermath of exactly. I think it's the aftermath of just the Harkonnen invasion. He's, uh, Thufir is laying out like, there's one, I think there's a a part where he's kind of telling us kind of what has oh, happened. Oh yeah, you know? he's like, there, there were all these different legions. He's like, I had 200, I had 200 dudes. Now yeah. I've got twenty dudes, most of them wounded. We got our we got our dicks kicked in. Yeah. Because and he was thinking about like he's like, oh my god, how did the Harkonnens have enough money to send in right. all of these? 
all was of these it the troops. emperor who had yeah well it's both yeah. it's the harkonnens in cahoots with the emperor right, right. which is not cool that's illegal and he's yeah. sitting there going oh god i if i could only get off this fucking planet i could go complain to the lonsrod mm-hmm. that like the they the um harkonnens and the emperor are in this illegal maneuver because you know there's there's a um they they live in they live in the th- there's th- uh, a tricorn universe you know there's three big bases of power in the mm-hmm. universe there's the Lonsrod unicorns and narwhals yeah and rhinoceroses yeah exactly yeah tricorns yeah, yeah tricorns uh triunicorns yeah but so the narwhal is the emperor right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the unicorn is the is the lancerod mm-hmm. and then the rhinoceros is the guild the spacing guild i see you know and so it's it's there's supposed to be checks and balances you know uh-huh. and uh, we supposedly have that in this country right well. and but we see that there is there are ways kind to break down there are ways yeah there are ways it? that that those checks and balances can break down mm-hmm. you know these these uh power structures uh, that are supposed to be you know uh in opposition to each other by mutual uh ambition mm-hmm. uh if those if two or more of them decide they are ride or die for each other then they can fuck over the other one yeah Totally. And that's what's happening. Uh, you know, uh, Harkonnens are, are... It's like an awkward threesome where really it's just like two of the people are super into each other mm-hmm. and then like a third person. And I'm sitting there like, I, what, I didn't pay for the... To, I, wanna, I wanna in there, ladies. Yeah. How many times have you had that experience? <laughs> Goose egg. <laughs> Aww. Someday. I mean, I'll get, it, can, for, yeah, I'll I get mean, it for you for your birthday. Oh, really? My birthday's coming up. I know. Right. I've been prom- making you a lot of promises for your birthday. You might Speaking be sorely disappointed. unicorns. <laughs> uh, right. But that's what's happening. You know, that's what's happening. And now, and, and he's sitting here going, you know, it's expensive to hire the Spacing yeah. Guild to bring troops down to a planet. He was yeah. like, I never thought they could. He's, he's like doing, they, they brought like, down. I a- really underestimated that. Yeah. He's like, I basically, how much they're willing to spend to fuck, o- fuck us over. Yeah. Right? Well, and so I don't even know how he starts talking to this, like, Fremen leader. Or, like, a Fremen just pops up. It's like, sup? It's just like, boop. Yeah, which is what they do. When they're in the desert, a Fremen might just pop up in front of you. Boop. It did sound like that. Yeah. Um, And they just are having this really interesting conversation. And, you know, Thufir's a mentat. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, computing it in mm-hmm. a certain kind of way. And he realizes that they're talking... They're past like, each other. They're talking past each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because they are coming from really different cultures. Yes. And that happens, you know, when mm-hmm. you, like, it's hard to understand the intent behind things when mm-hmm. you're coming from really different cultures. So, or the uh, or the uh, subtext, right? So, anyway, uh, what one of the interesting things is that the... Uh, it's really hard to pay attention I know. Right now. Sorry. We have just like a cat being incredibly adorable on yeah. our bed. She's she's the prettier of the two cats and she's doing a roll around like lick her own feet. She's uh, doing thing. the thing where she's like cocking her head in a really adorable yeah. way. Anyway. And so we dare not like disturb her. Yeah. But we all, it also makes it hard to pay attention. Totally. But. So um, anyway, so first of all. There's this whole thing where the Fremen is like, what are you going to do with the water here mm-hmm. situation here? And and Thufir's like, why do we keep fucking talking about water, bro? Yeah. I'm talking he's about like, my wounded not... soldiers. Yeah. And, they're, and he's like, 
Yeah, and he's like, water. and he keeps going. The Fremen keeps going. He's like, yeah, they're wounded. Yeah, they understand the water needs of your tribe. Right. And Thufir's like, like why, I does not. Why compute. don't you talk to them about yeah. what they want to do about this? Yeah, you right. Know? Mm-hmm. Which is also really good advice. Go talk to your people. Yeah. Anyway, right. Um. But what were you? What were you thinking? Oh well, partly just that. So Thufir, through this conversation, basically learns that the Fremen just like casually took down like armies of Sarduakar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're, like, the whole they time they only going, lost like two guys. Right. And the whole time they're going, those Sardu cars, they're good fighters. Yeah. And they're saying, it's kind of like saying, it's kind of like if Scout was saying, Scout the cat that's in front of us is like, it's like, that's a good mouse. Like yeah. he really, he, he really put up a good fight before I bit his head off. Right. Um, and but they the Fremen didn't really because the Sarduakars are wearing Harkonnen uniforms. Yeah. Oh yeah. They didn't know. They didn't know they, they were didn't Sardu- know they were Sarduakar. The Fremen know what Sarduakar are. Yeah, but they and didn't also know I think those I'm mispronouncing Sard because I was looking. I was looking hard at that word, and I think it's it might be Sardu. Sardu. It's Sardu. or maybe it's Sardukar. 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 Anyways, it's whatever it is. You to know these it's whatever things. the fuck you want it to be, guys. You know, I know, and do, there, I know, I'm well aware that there are like pronunciation guides online, and I, they, they said it a certain way in the movie, and I haven't watched that movie a million years in in a million years. I know it's on HBO right now. We're not gonna watch it because we're reading the book. Yeah, exactly. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. Although it, is, yeah. Oh wait, you already said it's on HBO, right? It now. is on HBO right now. Um, so. Yeah, so I don't know. It's basically like this really back and forth conversation where, and it sounds super frustrating. What do you think the Fremen is trying to say to? Well, it becomes clear that the Fremen's basically like, you got these guys, they're about to die. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we all need their life water, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like basically, it sounds gruesome as hell, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, the Fremen just, like, ring out these people, get, like, all the water from, I mean, I guess they must have a way to, like, make that useful, mm-hmm. like, process it, yeah. you know? The body's, what, 70% water, yeah. right? But You're spot on. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're there yet as to exactly how they do it, but... yeah. There, there are ways, dude. You it's, don't want to know about them. I, right. Like, I mean, they don't talk about how they do it, but I just picture it's like a fucking sponge and then they just have this, like, person jerky at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. I, I think it's not quite that way, but I, but I think that's a fun way to do it. Just, like, squish it all out. You know? yeah, yeah, right. Just uh, a series of fine, <laughs> finer and finer mesh screens. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly yeah um so so then like the one of the guys actually dies Mm. and the fremen in so few words is basically like yo can we have that yeah like four guys just like pop up over the ridge as soon as the guy dies and just like before anyone can do say boo they just wrap him up well, yeah. and also I think at this point Thufir is just sort of like in the interest of diplomacy, just sort of oh, like, yeah. yeah, sure, fine, he's like, take the he's, dead he's, guy. He is at least... He's a, like, I need the protection. Yeah, he is at least aware that he is like 
you know, walking along a razor's edge of diplomacy. Right. And like he, and there's a ton of stuff that he does not understand that's going on. And he's clearly getting super frustrated, but mm-hmm. he's trying really hard to keep it together. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's good at his job. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's frustrating to li- to be, you know, the reader and be like, Thufer, come on, bro. Yeah. It's clear. They just, they want to make human jerky out of these guys and bring yeah. the water, you know, through it. Right. You know, send them through a, send your dead and wounded through it. Series juicer, of, yeah, and like a huge omega juicer, yeah, a huge yeah. juicer, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that's we can tell what's going on, but so it's harder nice. to it's you know, sometimes it's hard when you when you're in the situation, it's hard. Oh, totally. I mean, I was with I was right there with him, you know, mm-hmm. trying to pick up what was being put down, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, and also, like, yeah. I have been there, like, I yeah. really struggle with like people who communicate very indirectly, yeah. You tell me all about it all the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do, oh man, yeah, no, you definitely. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna name names, but you have vented frustration <laughs> about people who communicate in very indirect or huh. you know, ways, yeah. I'm I mean, of, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to blow up anybody's spot. I'm curious, but... We have to take a quick break yeah. because, oh my God, yo, she made this uh, strawberry and slightly rhubarb pie <laughs> yeah. that I cannot wait. From our kind of wait. pathetic rhubarb plant. Yeah, but yeah. hey, you know, some people don't have a, any, any rhubarb, rhubarb plants. Plant. Yeah, exactly. that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll do we'll be right back. Pausey pause. Good news, guys. The pie looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't wait to eat it. Yeah, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it smells good. It smells good. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so we were talking about, like, Thufer's feels about his situation mm-hmm. uh, vis-a-vis this Fremen who is talking to him. And, and we were talking about, uh, you know, like... He's got wounded people, and what are they going to do with the wounded people? Yeah. And... So eventually, Thufer's like, "Yeah, fine, take the dead guy." And the the guy, the other guys, barely even notice them. They're like, "Wait, where are they taking that dead guy?" And then, then he's like, "Well, you know." And they're like, "Wait a minute, we know what Fremen do with dead people. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. they sluice them out for water. We don't want well, that." And it's like, and also like at some point in the conversation. Uh, the Fremen, I forget what the turning point is, but he's basically like, oh, what? Oh, he's like, oh, you represent the Lisan Al-Gaib. So, Al-Gaib, yeah. So why didn't you say so? If it, yeah. this is about protecting him, then yeah, yeah we're totally in. They're like, he's, you're pledged to his water? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Oh, they also tell him that, um, who is with Liet? Uh, oh, don't oh uh, they've they captured three Sardu Sardaukar and um, took him to Liet and Liet's gonna figure out what to do with them and maybe he says and the same thing like, about and they're like oh only and then they're like oh Thufir's like tell me the fate of the Duke and the and Paul and the Fremen's like well everybody meets the same fate mm-hmm. and then the Duke's fate is he's the Duke has, has already met his he's fate met his fate mm-hmm. and the Paul's fate is only for Liette to know or something like that. Mm, yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yep, that's, that sounds right. So then, like, there's a battle or there's, like, two battles that seem to, like, go by really quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You t- say that part because that was weird to me. Okay, so what happens is they're watching. They're watching these. He's uh, first. He's like, okay, so I gotta send a message out to Fremen. He's like, he's got a little bat in his robe in a little cage, and he's like, to the bat, and the bat's like, okay, all right, cool, and then the bat flies away, and then he goes, and then he's like, a vampire. I, I don't know. It did not say in the text whether that was a vampire or not. Okay. Anyway. You think it was? You think it was the dude from what's from what we do in the shadows? Might who, have been. Who had previously said bat? <laughs> Might have been Toast of London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, Toast of London. That show is so hilarious. Uh, do you like when I get us back on track? And then I'm like, come on, Sean, get back on track. I mean, when I get us off track. Yeah, I'm trying to. Get back uh, what track. were? Oh yeah, the bat. And then the bat flies away. I didn't really understand where the bat went, but he said that he thought. He was like, I'm going to be sad to lose that bat. That was a good messenger. Mm. And I don't know what happened to the bat. But what they see is there's a bunch of Fremen kind of marching along the sand dunes. and Fremen or Sardaukar? Well, they, they look like Fremen. Oh, he, but uh-huh. but Thufir uh, notices they seem to be some particularly inept Fremen. You know? Oh, he mentats them? Yeah, so maybe they're like trap Fremen. And because what mm. happens is, is then an ornithopter comes down right next to them and the Fremen are like Aah! and the Sardua car come out and then all of a sudden the Fremen are a bazillion like, Fremen a bazillion Fremen just pop out of the sand and and then all of a sudden there's no Sardua car or Harkonnens and there's just Fremen and they steal the they steal the ornithopter mm-hmm. and all the while the Fremen the Fremen that they're hanging out with is like ooh did you see what good fighters they were mm-hmm. like in the tin in the you know, three seconds it took for them to die. Mm-hmm. And Thufir's like, uh, yeah, they were real good. <laughs> and then then they one of them flies off in the ornithopter. And then three other ornithopters come along, one of which is a big giant troop carrier. And it's like a flap and a flap and a flap and a flap and trying to land. And as it's landing... The other the uh, the the other ornithopter that the Fremen stole comes diving out of the sky like and kamikazes into the giant troop carrier oh, ornithopter, and Thufir's like, "Holy fuck! That that Fremen just like kamikaze that troop carrier." And the Fremen that he's that's standing next to him, he goes, hmm, "That was a reasonable exchange. There were like three hundred dudes on that in that troop carrier. So like one Fremen to three hundred who know what kind of dudes mm-hmm. yeah not too bad not too shabby let's go collect all those bodies for that sweet sweet water mm-hmm. and then we'll keep going you know then we'll keep going and yeah so and and they said like we've joined we're we're the same tribe now same tribe mm. because the water from the guy's name that died who was like it was like uh, archie archie yeah archie or arc arfly I feel like Farpy. it was Arky. Yeah, it was something. It was something like something you name your dog. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyways, he died, and that was like, okay, we're of the same water now. Mm. We're like mixing our waters because they got to per- human jerky that guy. Step step one, we human jerky a guy mm-hmm. for you. So mm-hmm. we're like mixing. That's all. The, mm-hmm. we're, you're, we're mixing our sauces together. Mm, Step two was we know you have pledged you you have pledged your life to the water of the Lisan Al Gib and mm-hmm. we're totally down for that mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. have mission or pre- protective uh, prophecies. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that it that was inserted into our culture a long time ago by the Bene Gesserit. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so we're down for that. And so now we're working together. Mm. And also, by the way, um, Gurney, ha- Gurney Halleck, has his, he, he escaped with the smugglers. That's oh. another thing we find out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we get a lot of info. We mm-hmm. get a lot of interesting, like, cultural exchange mm-hmm. with these Fremen who are very alien to our way of thinking mm-hmm. as Atreides from Caladan. Yeah. I think a lot, like, the most interesting thing to me about both of these chapters was, like, the miscommunication and the subtext. Mm-hmm. Like, that was going on in both of the, in oh, yeah. both of the chapters. And, and, you know, I relate to that because I've, I've, you know, I've traveled. And oh, sometimes God. I understand, Ugh. you know, like when you're in a different culture, sometimes there's just things you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, like, and I've told you how, like, I work with one person in particular who is native to another country. Uh-huh. Um, and that that person, like, sometimes will ask me about, like, emails that were both copied on. Mm-hmm. And I think, like... Sometimes I'm like, well, why does this person want to know, you know, like, why is this person asking so much about this email that felt really, like, innocent to me? And I think really it's just, like, cultural interpretation. It's like, what is the subtext of yeah. this email, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, where are we, we're coming from different places on this. Right. And, uh, yeah, so that's very interesting. I, I mean, what, how did you feel about the chapter? What did, did you, did you, were you bored or the two chapters? What, like, how would you rate them as far um, as like interest level for someone who basic, who at a base level hates Dune? I was kind of surprised that I found the second chapter a little more interesting than the first, but mm-hmm. I just think there was like a lot of intrigue in the exchange between Thufir and the Fremen and mm-hmm. that whole thing where they're trying to figure each other's shit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I felt like the Paul and Jessica chapter didn't m- move a lot forward. It just was like sort of, uh, um, exposing like more of the tension between them. Yeah, it's tough. Cause I, I, I feel, I felt reading that chapter, you know, it's tough cause you, you feel, you see that there's an alienation happening yeah. between them and that's, that does make me sad yeah and it makes it's it's it, it, it makes it's a sad thing for that to happen yeah and it's a part I, of every, growing up yeah everybody can relate to that right mm-hmm. that when you stop seeing your parents as like the best thing in the world or mm-hmm. whatever yeah if you did if you ever did not everybody does you mm-hmm. know but yeah well i think that's a good place to leave it well done uh us yeah, and uh, so I salute your uh, your strawberry and partially rhubarb pie. Oh my god! Can't wait to we dig into get that. We gotta some Shit. kind of cream, whipped or iced. Yeah, I know. Well, we talked it. about we're gonna take a walk down to the CVS yeah. and buy some pumpkin Yeah, so that's what I we're might gonna advocate do. for whipped cream, but we can get both. Yeah, okay. sure. Why not? You know what? Uh, we got adults. ready whip. Yeah, we can yeah. do both of that yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was great. Uh, thank you so much for. Thank you. Oh my god. Oh my god. Such a good talk. We're getting there, babe. We're like 260 pages into this shit. Yes. Um, so uh, once again, uh, if you like the, yeah, if you like the podcast, please tell your friends, you know, share the links. We're at anchor.fm slash, uh, Dune Girlfriend. Yeah. Um, And that's a great place to, uh, to send people, 
if if you feel like oh yeah other people would be interested in this podcast i mm-hmm. have a friend you know who hates dune or loves dune or has is ambivalent about it the funny thing is i feel like all of our friends who talk to us about reading dune except except for maybe one like don't even listen to this podcast mm-hmm. but i think you and i sort of share that we're both afraid to even ask anybody if they listen to the podcast because mm-hmm. like it's just it's so touchy yeah it is but whatever we're yeah. just being our authentic selves we are to- we're totally being our authentic selves this for me is a grand experiment in being my authentic self because in I public can be- out and right. broadcasting exactly. on the record because i can be my authentic self with you mm-hmm. and so when you and i are talking to each other it feels like that but then there's like I, I don't even know, 20-something other people listening. I'm yeah. not even sure how big our audience is mm-hmm. at this point. It's okay. It's a mystery. <laughs> 20,000 other people Could listening. Be. Yeah, yeah really we're no very popular. Yeah. We're an ex- extremely popular podcast. Tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Okay, love have you. A, yeah, have fun Bye. on your things. Bye.